Welcome to the Fast Future with IFAC, where we explore how small and medium-sized practitioners are adapting to a rapidly changing world. I'm Christy Aluzzi, a principal here at IFAC, working with our Small and Medium-Sized Practitioners Advisory Group. One of our key initiatives is working with practitioners around the globe to see what current trends are and how firms are working differently in our evolving business environment. We've been honored to speak to practitioners from different parts of the world about what they see happening on the ground. For this, our third episode, I spoke with Andrew Vandebeek, an Australian accountant who was introduced to us by CAANZ, the Chartered Accountants of Australia and New Zealand. Andrew's firm, Illuminate, is based near Melbourne, Australia, where the firm's team of 17 people offer compliance services, bookkeeping, and advisory services, as well as expertise in tech systems and processes. Illuminate has an equity ownership model rather than a partnership model. Andrew and four others own stakes in the firm. Our conversation returned often to the role of technology. I asked Andrew how he decides which technologies to invest in. Sometimes it's a matter of the person that's selling it to you. So I'm I'm very relational. And if people reach out and try to sell me stuff, I'll probably ignore them. Um, So I'm very big on building relationships and then understanding technology from that way. So a couple of those technology things I know personally, like the founders, and I've gotten to know them, and then we've used that. A lot of it was problem solving. So one of one of the technologies that we use a fair bit is called Loom, L-O-O-M. And that's a like a screen video capturing technology where you can record your screen whilst it's got a little image of you in the bottom corner talking about it. And we adopted that about three or four years ago when we found that constantly having to communicate to clients how to do something was challenging when you're remote. Um, Yeah, I can jump on a video call, but all of a sudden I'm spending half an hour to say something that should only take five minutes. So um, I just kind of sort out a bit of that. Some of it is some networks that I have in my industry and in complementary industries. They will use something and they'll tell me about it. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. And we'll go from there. The other part of it is attending things like um, Zero Roadshows and Zero Con itself. You get exposed to a huge amount of technology there and you hear from things. And then the last part is interest in doing things better like more is not better better is better so we want to be better um, but we also we want to do stuff that makes us happy but makes clients go wow holy crap i never expected that and all of a sudden that client experience has just gone a, a level above so within our business we use technology like fyi docs um, we use technology like bgl some of these are quite australian accounting specific technologies but everything is cloud-based. You know, we we ran off the Google suite for a while, but we had to transition to Microsoft because a couple of the other cloud techs we wanted to work with only integrated with Microsoft because accountants typically are Microsoft. So we had to change a little bit there. Um, One of the big ones that we do use, practice ignition. Um, We use very heavily for client engagement, invoicing and payments. Um, We use very heavily Futurely, which is for reporting, uh, dashboards for clients, that kind of information. We use Dext, which used to be called Receipt Bank, and that's for um, payables management and expense management side of things. Those are probably some of the the big key ones that I would say we use very frequently every day, if not multiple times a day. But then outside of that, it's things like Slack and Calendly and Zapier and HubSpot and MailChimp. And I could go on and on and on and on and on. Canva, um, just heaps of different cloud-based technology tools that we kind of wrap up 
And a lot of them, our client just sees the end result of it. But for us, it allows us to kind of be a bit more nimble and a bit more connected with what we're doing. We turn to his firm's approach to cybersecurity. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. And one thing I probably didn't touch on beforehand is um, uh, hiring good quality people who are very up with technology and keen on it is important for finding, adopting, using technology well. So um, internally, myself and another guy by the name of Shane kind of leads that. Shane himself is a very switched on. He's got a double degree in IT and accounting. He's moved pretty much out of our accounting team now and just looks after systems, processes, and the consulting that comes with that for clients and internal. So he he stays on top of that for us as a business. But we use one password, for example, as a password management management security. Um, you know, we've got two factor authentications across everything. Uh, you know, we're regularly enforcing and changing, like putting more things in place. So for us, the recognition of the tools that we use, we have to require them to have a level of security before we're comfortable to use them. So for example, if I'm going to store a bunch of client data in something, I need to know that that's secure. If it ain't secure and something happens, I actually get in trouble for it, as well as the person securing it. I have to then let all my clients know that there's been a data breach. I have to, and all of a sudden it creates a really bad experience for our clients. So we are ensuring as best as we can prior to using anything that they've got those things in place. And then we overlay it with education and guidance from the team internally who know this stuff really well. And then that extra technology called one password that kind of makes sure that we're a bit more secure with our password management. So it's not Andrew123 for all my passwords. Andrew spoke about fostering mental health and creating a strong culture during and beyond the COVID pandemic. Working remotely is not a challenge for us as a business and all of our clients are used to video conferencing and, you know, remote logging in and sending, you know, video messages and using Slack and that. The challenge that we face right now is that we're forced to be remote. We don't get to choose it. So the impact on some of our team means it's, um, it's a lot more of a mental burden for them to say, I can't go and go to the office and get out of this house. I have to stay here to do it. I think for us, uh, it's always a work in progress. Uh, at times, we've gone way too heavy on the, the, the culture, the softness of it all. Um, you know, create a great environment, you know, give them fun, give them activity, be more human. Um, but then you lack the structure that people require to know what they're supposed to be doing and if they're doing it well. But then you go too hard the other way and you lose the human element. So we've always been very heavy on the human element, create a good environment, look after your people, all, all those kind of things. Um, some things that we try to do is I do a thing called a walk and talk. Uh, every month for 15 minutes, I will go for a walk one-on-one with my entire team. Um, and it will start with how you're doing and it'll end with, is there anything I can do to help you? And it's nothing to do with the work they're doing unless that's where they want it to go. It's more to do about them. And even in you know lockdowns right now, I can still put a headphone in my, my ear and I can say, hey, let's go for a walk and talk. And I can go out for a walk outside, get some fresh air, break up the day, connect with them. I recognize that this business is not mine. I'm the caretaker right now. So I'm responsible for what its state is in right now. But in four or five years, I might not be here and someone else is going to take that business over. So I need to make sure I'm creating an environment where those people feel like they can actually have a say and make a difference in that space which then means when we get to the point where I need them to have a say and make a difference, they're more comfortable and willing to do that. And then it's just making sure that people's mental well-being is cared for. It's making sure that you have diversity and inclusion as best as you possibly can. It's making sure that you're not just a boss who drives people hard and you understand behind them what's going on. 
I asked Andrew what his advice would be for other SMPs who are seeking to transform their practice. I can probably give you a million different things. There's a soft and fluffy approach where it's understand why you exist, have a purpose in business and live towards that and, and don't let anything get in the way. So Illuminate's purpose is that we want our clients to get out of bed every day and devote their time to what they value the most, which means now we're doing all these things that are more relational, more connected and more personal. Culture is enormous. Like if you want to grow and have stability, you need to have great culture. You need to have people that are, that are willing, that have bought into the vision, that are connecting to what it is that you're doing. Whether you like it or not, you have to be a good leader. Embrace technology as best as you can. Understand what it is that's coming and be aware that making money isn't necessarily the key to growth. And I think it's also like the definition of growth. Like what is growth for you? Is growth revenue? Is it profit? Is it people? Is it impact? How do you define and how do you you celebrate that? Because there's nothing wrong with a one-man band turning over a couple hundred grand. There's also nothing wrong with a thousand-man band turning over $20 million. There's, There's no issue either way. It just comes down to you. And I think more and more right now, people are looking for a relational accountant. They're looking for someone that they get along with, someone they want to communicate with. I've been fortunate enough to stand on stage around the world and talk about this stuff. Like one of the things I talk about is, Everyone is taken, so just be yourself. Stop trying to be an accountant, just be Andrew. Don't try and live up to anyone else's expectations other than your own. And then focus on it and work hard. And if you don't have that support network around you, find some people. For me, it's been really helpful. I've got half a dozen people that I can talk to in a group setting or in a one-on-one setting that I can go, this is where my head's at. And I've given them authority and permission to speak back at me in a way that I'll listen to. So like, you can't just say, hey, can you mentor me? It's like, I give you authority to kick me if I'm misbehaving or I want you to tell me if I'm not doing the right thing. And I found for me, that's helped me when I've had low moments during COVID when stuff's been challenging, when clients have left or staff have left, but also when things are going really, really well that I'm not getting too ahead of myself and too egotistical. So if I tie a nice little bow on it, be authentically you recognize the value that your team brings and recognize that you are responsible as a leader. Get great people around you to hold you accountable when you're up or when you're down. And don't ever forget that there's good technology out there that you can, that you can leverage to create a greater client experience. Because at the end of the day, client experience is paramount. Finally, I asked Andrew for his parting thoughts. If I could leave it with anything, then uh, don't do it for your industry. Don't do it to show other people that you've done it. Um, Do it for yourself and for your clients. Understand what is the right thing for you, for your family. Understand what is the right thing for the people that you serve directly. And if if other people happen to appreciate and pay attention to that, so be it. Don't do it for the accolades. Don't do it for any of that kind of stuff because you'll get caught up in it. It'll, It'll distract you from what your core purpose is. I think that's incredibly important. Branding and marketing is designed to attract and detract. 50% of the people that look at us hopefully hate us, absolutely hate us with a passion, don't want to go anywhere near us. And that's good because it would be a waste of time for them to try and work with us because it just wouldn't be a fit for us as well. So do it for yourself and do it for your clients and find an environment to create that community. And then you'll see the thrive come because your technology approach will come because of the community you're working with. It won't be, I'll use this tech because I can win clients because of that. I'm using this tech because I can serve the clients that I'm looking after.
I create this brand and identity because it ensures that we have a tight knit community. I bring my people and my, my, my employees in because they are, appreciate the community and they're connected with the environment and don't forget them just because they're a junior there or a senior here doesn't make them any different. They're all people at the end of the day, look after them, care for them. And they'll probably bring up some real cool ideas for you in the future too. And that's a wrap for this episode of the fast future with IFAC. Thank you for listening. And please look for our conversations with more practitioners coming soon.